Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob Papa Dude Bittner and Ray Karawala. Hey guys, welcome back to our Facility Dude Podcast. This is Ray Karawala with your host, Bob Bittner. Uh, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing tremendous. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, Bob, I understand that you brought a guest with you today? I did. I've got Jack Spain here with us in the studio, and Jack works here at The Dude with us, and on many occasions have done some different seminars with Jack uh, at our Dude University, and have grown to respect and uh, value his uh, input. And Jack, those are probably the only the nicest words I'll say about you today, but uh, we want to welcome you here in the studio. And Jack has a great history around change management, not only helping here at The Dude, but with several uh, large companies uh, around the country. A great resource for us to have. And Jack, um, I ran across this um, this quote by Deming, uh, who's been kind of the, the, the god of change management in, uh, in U.S. And, and overseas and in Japan and so forth. And he says, it's not necessary to change. Survival is not mandatory. <laughs> And I, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good quote uh, because it really states that hey, you can do what you're doing, but you know you're probably going to fail in the long term if we don't interject some change into the organization. Can you uh, just share with us a little bit about your experience with change? And I know you've got some ideas and thoughts around this today. Kind of lead us out on that, Jack, and give us some of your experiences. Well, good morning, Bob and Ray. It's great to be here with you on a topic that uh, is very endearing to me. Um, I'll just start by saying back in the 1980s, I went through uh, a lot of both personal and professional change, pretty dramatic. And it, uh, I ended up coming out of that decade being sort of a student of change and change management and observing how different organizations and institutions sort of dealt with change, uh, both the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. And uh, I certainly love Deming's statement because there are thousands and thousands of case studies and examples of uh, organizations and businesses and institutions that just weren't able to you know, adapt to change and, and certainly didn't embrace it and the way that um, you know leading institutions do today. And there's a lot of uh, names that a lot of probably our folks would recognize today that are no longer in existence anymore. Oh, Products absolutely. that are no longer in existence, companies, large companies uh, that are no longer in existence, or companies that may still have the same name but totally different from what they, they were 20 years ago. Absolutely, and I sort of grew up in the technology and computer industry, and there are thousands of examples of companies that are no longer around or have been consumed by other organizations, and you take a look at, especially when you mention Demi in a way, and you start to think about the impact like the auto industry when, as they went to sleep for a while a few decades ago, and, and fortunately many of them kind of resurrected again, but you can go on and on with kind of illustrations of that. Jack, you've, uh, you've kind of put out some guidelines uh, to share with us today. Can you kind of just start uh, to go through? And, and I think uh, the first one, seeking out and confronting reality, a lot of times we want to stick our head in the sand and not look at what's going on, not just with our own organization, but a lot of the outside influences that come in. Can you exp talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. This is, you know, this is essential that if you're looking to sort of launch a change initiative, you want to get something on the ground, you want to make a difference in a way. If you really don't have a good understanding of those 
you know, internal things going on within your institution as well as the the external things that may be factor. One of the things that I, I talk a lot about is making sure that leaders understand that current state of resilience. And that is the ability for your staff and employees and the members of your organization to, to take on more change. If there's already been you know, huge external influences that might have been impacting the organization or the time of the year is just not right, or you've had some, you know, personal, you know, tragedies, issues that are impacting people's ability to sort of adapt another change or something going on could have a huge influence on whether it be successful or not. We like to uh, kind of lay back and things that are comfortable to us. The idea of uh, change management uh, senior management, you uh, you mentioned that kind of in your first point a little bit. Talk about how important that is in, in the world of that we live in, that we're talking to uh, a lot of directors and facility managers, and we view those folks as senior managers, but they also then have a, a, a group of people that they probably report into, staying in tune to what's going on in the organization. How important is that, Jack? Oh, that's critical, Bob. It absolutely is. And I've seen, you know, far too many instances where the very senior leaders, the executives at top of the organization, they just really don't have their you know arms around what's really going on two, three, four, five levels deep depending on the size of the organization. And if you really have um, you know something that's important to get done, you know a new change initiative that's gotta you know sort of happen, those senior leaders really need to have a grasp on what's going on up and down and across the organization. In kind of your write-up here, you, you mentioned using uh, data and analyzing data to help understand those needs. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, Jack? Uh, we can talk hours about that. <laughs> yes, Bob, you know how important I feel that is uh, for organizations. But yeah, that's one way, a very you know essential way to understand what's going on in the organization is to use data versus just what people are telling you because that's what they think you want to hear, for instance. So. And sometimes you don't like what you see in the data, right? Oh, it, it makes you feel a little day. bit uncomfortable. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of times people try to make the data say what they feel, but that's really a, a bad decision to mm -hmm. make, right? You really need to look at what the data is really telling you, kind of unfiltered, and then try to uh, make the change according accordingly uh, so you're making the right changes. Absolutely, and that's a really key point because, you know, quite oftentimes we want our leaders, our bosses, you know, we want to tell them what they want to hear. You know, we don't want to have them upset with us, that kind of deal. And I think it's imperative for the executives or leaders of organization to use that data so that they really have a good understanding of what the reality is, what's really going on. So, Jack, I've got a question. Do you think a lot of the companies out there, I wouldn't say there are too many, but do you think a small majority of the companies knowing that the data that may, or the, once they find this data, it may show that they're not really doing all that great of a job, is, is that why they just don't want to move towards that change itself? Absolutely, yeah. It may, you know, create fear, for instance, and, and you know, drive that resistance to wanting to change. Yeah, so, you know, really understanding the data and digging in and doing that can be a scary proposition for a lot of businesses, you know, when they start to see it's not the direction I thought we were heading in, and boy, this is not going to be very pleasant for, you know, our board, our shareholders, whoever, you know, those senior stakeholders are in the organization. So knowing that type of information, if, at that point, if you don't do anything about it, you're either going to fail or 
you're going to be replaced. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Jack, you, you talk a little bit about uh, critical initiatives. Uh, and, and I kind of look at that more as a, a laser focus, a shooting with a rifle as opposed to a shotgun. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, you know, a lot of times we see a lot of changes that need to take place, but how do you zero in? How do you focus in on what is the really the, the thing that will give you the best bang? I say this time and time again, Bob. You, you know, focus is something that I preach about a lot. And uh, I've always said for for a number of decades that the most important job of a leader is being able to say no. And that's a tough job because we all have tremendous pressures and demands on it, no matter what kind of organization you're in and what role you play. Um, and saying no can be very, very difficult because there's all kinds of external and internal influences and factors going on. But if you're truly going to drive successful change, you've got to be able to focus. You've got to be able to set that priority and stick to it. And you've got to be able to do those few critical things that are going to truly make you successful. So would you, uh, for, for our audience, would you kind of zero that in to say that understand the few things, even though they, that might not be your pet project, and uh, go for the go for the big thing. I know we all have our own passions about things we like and we see see need to be changed. Sometimes we just say need to say no to those for right now. Absolutely. And then and then move forward on the more the things that the data presents is is the key focus yeah. on. And I think the bottom line: leading change is not easy. It's not simple. It's hard, and it takes tremendous discipline. Generally, you know, to be successful in driving any big change. So in, in, in looking at some of this, um, you talk about bringing a team together to do this. And a lot of times, you know, as an individual, we'll want to make a change. Our facility manager, our director will want to make a change. How do they bring some other people along with them? How do they develop that team that will help them in delivering that change? Yeah, and that, that's a challenge, um, again, because most organizations are dealing with lots of things going on. You've got to keep business running on a day-to-day -day basis, and being able to identify those folks in the organization that can truly help you can be a challenge. The, the one thing that I really um, advocate is that most of us would prefer to bring in, you know, to build a team of people that we know and trust, and most often are kind of aligned in how we think. And so bringing diversity into your team is really essential a lot of times to driving big change. And that means not only bringing those advocates and those folks that are aligned with you, but also you want to bring in those contrarians early because if you're able to convert them and get them to become an advocate of your change, that generally will make things much easier in the long run. So the contrarian, is that somebody kind of like you? Well, I was going to say it's exactly like you, Bob, is what I was thinking. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that's a real valuable point. And, and over the course of my career, I think when you look at people that can bring a diverse thought to the process to it, will we'll bring some ideas that you didn't think about. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll actually uh, be able to embrace some, uh, some additional people uh, into that process to help manage that Absolutely. change. Absolutely. And again, that's another way to make sure you truly understand the reality of what's going on in your business or enterprise by bringing in all those different points of view. You know, we talk about uh, ever since time has begun, it seems like the word communication is um, the thing that breaks down in many organizations, many relationships. Uh, I know even personally one-on-one -on -one with either a friendship or a spouse uh, communication is a place that breaks down. 
How important is it to uh, communicate throughout this process of change? Yeah, you can, it's almost impossible to over communicate. And especially, you know, the larger the change initiative is, the more important that communication is. And the larger your organization, the more complex the structure and things like that, communication becomes essential. And the things you've got to keep in mind is that we all have our own filters. And, you know, and we have good days and bad days and card days and that sort of stuff. So, you know, you may not be in a place where you can really effectively listen to what's going on and hear that message. It may be something going on in the workplace that it's just you've really got deadlines coming up and you're filtering most of everything else out that's not, you know, directly associated with maybe things going on in the personal life like that. So, you know, just continuing to reinforce the why, the why, the why, that sort of stuff is really essential. We all have our own dictionary as well, right? Yeah, That's uh, certain words and terms uh, mean certain things to us. Different areas of the country that we've grown up and we've heard things and, and we interpret those. And so something that may be said, said very innocently can be interpreted just by our own dictionary, our own terms that we understand. Absolutely, our own filters that we were talking about. Yeah. And, and the other thing that you know comes to mind is that I find most organizations, they have black holes in them. And where you may think you're doing a really effective job in communicating, trying to get your message across, and you're doing that through like the chain of command through the organization, oftentimes there's black holes there and not understanding that sort of the reality and really what's going on throughout the organization is important. And so when you look at how you really kind of put this all together and the execution of it, of, of making a change in an organization, what are the things that you really focus on on execution, Jack? Um, you know, those come down to the basic, that block and tackle and, and things like having, uh, you know, some kind of the ability to, to, to be able to manage projects effectively. Having those tools, having those competencies and capabilities is essential there. You know, I'm a, we talked about data a little bit before. I'm a huge advocate that you've got to have data to really understand what's going on and use that as the true meters in there. You've got to have feedback loops. So is the, is the message or is that, that project, that initiative truly having the impact that uh, you, you anticipated that would have? So the greatest plans in the world are just plans, right? So if you're not able to effectively sort of implement those and, and get those completed, it's just a dream. And in, in that execution, you know, there's, we all like to, would like to have a cookie cutter uh, solution that I could take from this organization and cut it into that organization and cut it into that organization. But that's kind of difficult to do, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Because even, even throughout the execution process, even though you can follow the same general guidelines, there's all going to be all these different kinds of landmines that you're going to have mm -hmm. to negotiate through. In striving to do something in a larger organization and, and initialize change in there, just kind of wrap us up here a little bit about the perseverance that it takes to uh, make change in an organization. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, we've talked throughout our discussion, change is hard. It's really hard. In fact, it's, you know, one of the most challenging things that any organization must deal with. So, you know, I, I constantly sort of talk about being able to institutionalize the change. And so I was, I was reflecting this morning uh, uh, for a few minutes and this being football season, you know, it's one thing to get into the red zone. And that's what many organizations, they're successful maybe getting to the ball in, getting the ball into the, in the red zone, 
but then they lose attention, something else comes up, that sort of stuff, and you know, I may have to just settle for a field goal. But great organizations, great teams, they're, they're committed to that full, you know, getting in the end zone with the ball, getting that touchdown, getting that score. And that's what really differentiates, you know, really great organizations from those organizations that, you know, really think they're pretty good, but don't quite get there. Our founder uh, and CEO, Kent Hudson, has a saying, either implement change management or economic forces will change the management. And I don't, uh, I think a lot of times our, our folks may not be threatened by that kind of a statement. That really is a true statement uh, in all of our vertical markets that we support. If we don't embrace change, if we don't do some things differently, that uh, we're probably going to get changed. And we've seen just so many... Uh, uh, the history of so many organizations that no longer in existence, that people have been outplaced on their jobs, that have, are doing something differently, that they're being outsourced and uh, jobs are going overseas because we haven't been as adaptive to change and change management. So Jack, I really, uh, really appreciate your insight and your thought. And uh, I know that you've done a lot of classes on this and uh, you're available to to consult and help uh, some of our clients with that. Absolutely. And uh, we both have this this passion to uh, share this with, with our clients. And uh, we want nothing but the best for our folks long-term for success in a changing environment. So thank you a lot, Jack, for being here today. Thanks for the invitation, Bob. Thanks again, everyone. A great conversation here today. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operation professionals just like you find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a great rest of your week.